Welcome back to the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. Today is April 4th. It is a Saturday and it is day 12 of lockdown here in Kansas City. And it is the final match of the first round for our first quadrant. Or uh, They call them regions in March Madness. Um, and since I have a lot of time on my hands today, I came up with region names that we're going to use going forward so I don't have to keep naming these arbitrary quadrants. Uh, so today is the last uh, last first round matchup for what we're going to call the Liverpool region. Um, Beatles reference there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, and the albums we have today, moving up from the prelims, we have the Electric Ladyland 1968 album from Jimi Hendrix and The Experience, taking on the 1969 classic Abbey Road from the Beatles, our number one overall seed. Uh, when we sent out our original survey, Abbey Road received eight out of the nine votes from our respondents. Um, the one that didn't vote for Abbey Road is on the call today. That's Leanne Cash. Also, Emma Ross and Evan Morris on the call with me today. Uh, folks, opening thoughts. Um, yeah. I, I had to re-listen to Electric Ladyland because I think I mentioned this the first episode. I tried to listen to it on YouTube and got the wrong songs. Mm -hmm. uh, so today was actually my first time listening to it. And Abbey Road, I knew a lot better. So I had an unfamiliar and a pretty familiar today. Fair enough. Um, uh, other, anybody else want to chime in or we want to yeah, so cut straight in? Yeah, so the listeners will probably remember from... Uh, a couple of days ago when I told them that I finally figured out how to transcend time and space. Well, it turns out that once you've transcended time and space, it gets pretty boring. So I decided to untranscend time and space yesterday. Um, in other news, my parents finally turned the freaking heat on. Um, but yeah, no, I, the, the albums were good. I, I liked them. I think <laughs> it was my first time listening to both of them, um, although I do recognize songs from, from both of them. Um, I did not know that Come Together was on Abbey Road until I saw the Amazon commercial about it, like, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, that shows you about how much I know about the Beatles. My my dad does not like the Beatles very much, so I don't know that much about them. Uh, my girlfriend loves the Beatles, so I should probably start learning more about it, and I think this is probably a, a, a good place to start. Well, you'll have ample opportunity to do that. Um... I don't think you were on the episode when we covered Rubber Soul uh, that the Beatles did, but uh, we have two more of their albums coming up on the show after today. Uh, the White Album and Sgt. Pepper's are also on the on the bracket in various spots. Um, oh, also, what what did you say this region was called? I missed that. The Liverpool region. Um, today is Liverpool. the last day of the Liverpool region. That's Liverpool is the city where the Beatles came from. Um, uh-huh. The second region, which we start what, what tomorrow, are... is the London region. Um, we also have a California region and a Memphis region. Um, nice, all right. The names of these regions were based loosely upon the origins of the artists featured in the regions, um, but it was since it was kind of haphazardly assigned in the first place, it just kind of came down to wherever it landed. Um, but yeah, I was bored this afternoon, and so I looked up the uh, origins of all of the artists on the bracket with which to do this. Um, no one else probably finds this interesting, but I'm going to say it anyway because I need to fill time. Um, we had uh, 47 different artists represented on the, uh, 
on the bracket. 33 of them are Americans. Um, America. 14 from the UK. Um, we had one artist from Australia and one artist from Canada. And then I, I double counted Foreigner because they are 50-50 Americans and Brits. So um, that's fun. Uh, Do we only have artists from English-speaking countries? Yes, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, the, uh, the Canadian artist, if you're wondering, is Neil Young. The Australian artist is ACDC. Um, I didn't realize that your uncle was Canadian. Right, right. Yeah, I, I should clarify I'm not related to Neil Young. Um, all right, uh, I guess we'll we'll get back on topic here and, and talk about the albums themselves. Now, uh, Electric Ladyland was featured in the prelims with a 5-0 sweep over Pearl Jam's 10. Uh, so everybody on the call except for Evan was also part of that episode. Um, so I realize we've heard this album before, but I do think, you know, there's sometimes things hit you differently the second time through. So, Emma, I'm going to ask you to begin, uh, uh, thoughts on Electric Ladyland? Um, long, first and foremost, very, very long, which is obvious, but I guess it wouldn't maybe have occurred to me had the songs not started blending together for me Mm -hmm. quite, um, and the gods made love. I hated because <laughs> it sounded like an auto-tuned garbage disposal, and um, so that I was already kind of in a bad mood today, and that just didn't help. I was like, "What the fuck is this that I'm listening to now?" God damn it! I want to hear music. Um, after that, it got better, and I don't know. It just I obviously no one is denying that Jimi Hendrix was, you know, God tier among guitarists. He is, he's amazing. Um, amazing, amazing guitarist. However, the length of this album combined with, I guess, the lack of lyrics and just the fact that again, to me, they blended together kind of just seemed like some arrogant dick who just like, hey, look how good I am at the guitar. Hey, look, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to fucking duct tape you to a stool and make you listen to how good I am at guitar and just proceeds to, you know, just go on and on and on and on. So, while his talent is very apparent, I just got a little bit tired of it after a while, I guess. All Along the Watchtower is the one that I knew, which I do like, um, but I think that's one of his more quote-unquote normal songs on this album that's a bob dylan cover yeah exactly so it was it's a it's a normal song with a chorus and you know lyrics all the way through and that he obviously made it much bigger than dylan ever did and it's very good but yeah so overall like it was it was fine i wasn't super impressed yeah yeah um leanne give me your thoughts on electric blade event um overall like Emma said, it's too long for not having a lot of vocals in it, because I'm not very heavily into just instrumental music, and um, the song and the gods made love sounds <laughs> like a lawnmower to me. <laughs> yeah, it's not really musical, it's kind of just a noise introduction, yeah. We have auto-tune, garbage disposal, and lawnmower so far for that song. <laughs> Um, have you ever, I really like the bass in it, but 
a lot of the instruments would overdrive it at times, but I did like how forward they brought the bass into it. Voodoo mm-hmm. uh, Child was too damn long. Yeah. yeah the version that... I listened to was 15 minutes. Yeah, so I think we touched on this a little bit when we first covered this album. So Voodoo Child, and it that's how it's spelled on the album, C-H-I-L-E, but it's not Chile, it's okay. Child. Voodoo Child. I was about He's to ask about the D that off of because the... I, I, you were calling it Voodoo Child, and I was like, is there just like a typo on Google Play, and it's Voodoo Chili now? But so, Chile. Yeah, there's two songs on here. There's Voodoo Child and Voodoo Child with a hard D. Slight Return. That's the last song on the album. It's like five minutes long. Voodoo Child is 15 minutes long. It's really, I mean. It's really not meant to be a song you add to your playlist, really. The way I described it before, I, I think still holds true. It's it's Jimmy's tour de force on the guitar. It's meant to be a highly impressive piece of guitar work, not really a usual song. So yeah, it, but it is long as hell. It really is. Go, go ahead, Liam. Um- the only other song that stood out was Come On, which is probably my favorite song from this. Because mm-hmm. I love the drums in it. The drums are awesome. And how they had me um, breaking the instrumental, allowing the vocals to come through and isolating it was really cool and interesting sounding. Very cool. Um, Evan, this is your first time doing this album with us. So give us your thoughts yep. on Jimmy here. Okay, yeah. So it was... Uh long although you guys always say oh wow it was so long but like it was long but it wasn't super long i guess maybe i'm just used to more long form albums i i don't know jake i sent you a song yesterday that was um or not yesterday but a couple of days ago i sent you a song that itself was 48 minutes long and yeah that's like i I love big epic stuff like that oh it's so good it's such a good song amazing and the the section that i told you about at 13 minutes it's just ooh breathtaking anyway um like it, it was kind of long but it, it wasn't that i didn't think it was too terrible it was hard to keep track of all the different songs though because there are so many of them yeah and a like lot of them sound pretty similar yeah um but definitely my favorites were All on the Watchtower and Little Miss Strange, I thought was, was rocking. Yeah. That was, she said. And I'm sure you guys probably caught this. That's not Jimmy singing on Little Miss Strange. No, it is not. Um, I wasn't I, paying close enough attention. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I forget whether it's his bassist or his drummer, but, yeah, one of, the, one of those guys mm-hmm. is – whoever it is, it's not Jimmy, clearly. Go ahead, Evan. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway um, – I don't know. It was okay. I like the guitar playing. Uh, I like. I I talked about this on Bob Dylan. I like the lyrics. The lyrics to make sense because I don't have a degree in literature or music or what what have you. I don't. Ha- I don't know how to interpret crazy out there lyrics. Also, what what was with that with like people talking and clapping in the background? Was he trying to make this sound like a live album? Um, not really, but I know there's a couple places where that comes in. Um, yeah. Yeah. At the end of Voodoo Child. But I don't know. I didn't didn't really like it that much because it, it just sounded like they were being kind of lazy with the recording and let, letting the 
letting the noise come in from the background. I know it w it's like there for for like effect, and it wasn't like on accident, but it just it just doesn't add very much of it, or add very much for me. For, for and what I, it's I, don't worth, know, I don't really like it that much. For what it's worth, his album after this is called Band of Gypsies, and it's an album mm -hmm. of new material that was recorded live. So. It's possible, yeah, that he was going for something like that because on his next album mm -hmm. he chose to actually record it in front of an audience. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I have to say about that. All right. Um, so, what did I think of Electric Ladyland? Um, I liked it a lot more this time than last time, and I voted for it last time, but I was not impressed with Pearl Jam hardly at all. Um. I really liked uh, Have You Ever Been to Electric Ladyland. Um, it almost seemed like kind of soulish, and it was it was fun for that reason. Uh, Crosstown Traffic mm -hmm. I enjoy because it's Jimi Hendrix playing a goddamn kazoo. Um, <laughs> and then Voodoo Child, 15 minutes, cut it, don't need it, too long, not my thing. I liked a little Miss mm -hmm. Strange too. Um, that was very good. Um, then there was just kind of the other stuff was fine. Um, I really dug Gypsy Eyes. Um, that was probably the one that stuck out to me the most in terms of uh, of uh, a new song from this for me. Burning of the Midnight Lamp felt very psychedelic, like it'd be a George Harrison sitar song a little bit, but it obviously it's not. But it kind of feels that way. And then 1983, A Merman I Should Turn to Be. That's the name of the song. And it's another super, super long song that's mostly instrumental. It's like 13 minutes long and it's mostly instrumental. Not a fan. And so by the time I get yeah, down to the... I just remember the lyric, and they told us people couldn't live and breathe underwater. And I was just like, because they can't. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I as I start getting down toward the end of this album, I mean, House Burning Down was good, kind of bluesy. I enjoyed it. But I'm starting to get kind of just tired and bored with it. And I tell you what, when I got through House Burning Down to the end of this album, I, I was getting bored with it, but I felt like Jimi Hendrix jumped out of the record, heard me say that, jumped out of the record, said, all right, hold my joint, kid and proceeded to unleash the ass-kickingest nine minutes of rock and roll that I've heard in a long time. Um, and I, I'm sitting down here on the floor next to my speakers, you know, and we get all along the Watchtower, which is one of his more epic numbers. Um, it's, I believe it's his highest charting hit he ever had. And then straight into Voodoo Child's Slight Return, which is, to me the best guitar work I've ever heard him do. Um, so phenomenal end to the album. Um, All Alone the Watchtower, of course, is a Bob Dylan cover. Um, Dylan has said that he now in typically performs the song in his own shows in the style of Hendrix because he believes it to be an improvement over his own version. He feels like when he takes the stage and plays a song he wrote that he's really covering Jimi Hendrix. Um, so that says a lot, especially from a guy like Dylan, who's kind of a kind of arrogant guy, I think. So, um, yeah, that's a 
very solid album. I enjoyed it a lot more than I did in the past. Um, yeah, very good there. Um, so now we will move along to the number one overall seed, the Beatles Abbey Road. Um, I'm sure there's nothing we're about to say about this album that hadn't already been said about it, but we're going to say it anyway. Emma, go ahead and give me your thoughts on Abbey Road. So, this album has a lot... I said that Rubber Soul had a few songs of theirs that I really, really liked, but not very many. This one definitely has more. Um, Come Together, I adore. It's one that I always get really excited when it even comes on the radio. Um, Something is a little bit like In My Life, where... Or the song In My Life... um, where I have liked covers I've heard of it better than the song itself. I just think they're not as good as arrangement at... Bleh, sorry. They're not as good at arrangements sometimes. Sometimes they're great at it. Sometimes for their slower songs, they're a little bit something to be desired, at least to me. But I still like the song a lot. Um, Maxwell's Silver Hammer is dumb, but it's just fun. It's a good time. Um, oh Darling is another one that I really, really, really can jam to. I love that song. Um, Octopus's Garden, again, just fun song. I liked it a lot when I was little. And it still holds up. Um, I Want You is it's fine. I knew it. It's fine. Um, Here Comes the Sun is Wonderful. Because was one I hadn't heard before, and... I was kind of digging it, and then I started hearing the lyrics, and was like, it's not surprising, coming from the Beatles, um, that they're kind of wacky and out there, but that's not really my favorite um, version of the Beatles, I guess, when they were just kind of saying shit to say shit in their songs, um, aside from I Am The Walrus, which is, you know, their magnum opus. Um, um, You never give me your money, I liked in the beginning, and then it got really weird with the counting um uh, i like it yeah it was it was fine i just i was disappointed halfway through um sun king mean mr mustard polythene pam she came in through the bathroom window um fine golden slumbers is one of their few slow songs that i think they did a fantastic job with like, I think if we really think about it, the three, the four, okay, four slow songs they did that they did super well. Let It Be, Blackbird, Golden Slumbers, and Yesterday. Okay. So, Golden Slumbers, I think, is is beautiful. I wish it were longer. Um, I found out when I bought the song on iTunes a while back exactly how short that song actually is, and then it, you know, goes right into Carry That Weight, which is beautiful as well. Um... I just kind of prefer the Golden Slumbers. It's basically become a, a song. Like, Golden Slumbers and Carry That Weight are basically considered one song, I think, at this point, right? Most people kind of, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. not, well, and they throw the end in there with them. Because the three right, of yeah. them together are, are like five minutes long, combined. Yeah. So, Golden yeah. Slumbers is my favorite part of that amalgamation, definitely. I think that's the best part of it. But carry that weight in the end, compliment it. They finished it off very well. Her Majesty was kind of unexpected, and I think I would have rather they ended with Golden Slumbers and carry that weight. Um, but it was still fun. I think they just could have maybe moved it to the middle of the album, maybe. Um, depending on who you asked, it was actually originally intended to do exactly that. 
Um, Some people, I I think it's kind of contested whether this is true, but some people say it was supposed to have come in somewhere around Mean Mr. Mustard and not really been just tacked on at the end randomly, but... That would have made more sense, I feel. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so overall, yeah, there's some... There's some dead, there's some kind of just dead weight in here, I think, but that's all of their albums, just because they'd write a few beautiful songs, and they'd get bored, and they would just, you know, get and a word. get high. Or, and, or, and, yeah. And, yeah. Um, but the good songs on here are very, very, very good. Mm. Um, so it was a good time to listen to. I'd heard it before, um, paid more attention to some songs than others before. But it was it was a really good time to listen to. Cool, cool. Uh, Leanne, thoughts on Abbey Road? I overall enjoyed it just because I knew more of the songs coming in. Um, I knew Come Together Something and Something. Those are pretty good. Come Together is too damn catchy. It gets stuck in my head all the time, even if I haven't heard <laughs> the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maximus Silver mm-hmm. Hammer. Sounds very fun and upbeat and sort of honky-tonk saloon piano. Get into the lyrics and realize it's about a serial killer. Yeah, he's killing people, ain't he? Um, oh, darling, I really enjoy it because it's a waltz. I'm a bit partisan towards waltz just because they sound different from any other four-four time six-eight music. Mm-hmm. Um, Octopus's Garden is just pure fun and random. It just sounds simple and easy to listen to. Um, here comes the sun. It's heard everywhere, a bit overdone. Um, because um, they didn't really care for the lyrics, but the harmonies in it were really great. Mm-hmm. Um, they never gave me the money. Like Emma said, the number, the counting kind of threw me off, but I enjoyed the base of it. Um, Sun King, um, it just seemed very psychedelic and hippie. Yeah, for sure. Um, Golden Slumbers to me sounded like a musical number. Like you've just plucked it off of a Broadway soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Her Majesty, um, is like a fun jingle. It sounds like it could have been off of a commercial. In yeah, the 90s. it does. Yeah, it does kind of feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And, but overall, I enjoyed the album. There's, like Emma said, there's a couple of songs in there that could have been cut and made no difference to the overall quality of the album, but I enjoyed it overall. Cool, cool. Um, Evan, thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I already said this. My my dad's musical proclivities extend to the Beatles. To him, the Beatles and Michael Jackson are basically the lowest of the low of well of like popular music. And so I, I like my, with Michael Jackson, I've basically been trained my whole life to kind of hate the Beatles. <laughs> And um, so, when I got here, there were only like three songs that I like recognized the name of and come together. I didn't even realize was a Beatles song. I thought I don't know. I like. I remember I went to to a concert. I don't remember who was playing, but I, it was the opener. Um, they played this song, and the the lead singer of the band, whoever it was, walked up and down like all of the stairs on the lower level of the Sprint Center, and I'm just and and he sung it the whole time and I'm just like how like <laughs> so many stairs but um yeah it was good it was good 
I liked it. Uh, I can't remember what. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so come together was one of them. The other one was Octopus's Garden, which I have a very faint memory of singing in preschool. I <laughs> don't know if I actually did that or if I'm just like, yeah, it, yeah or if that's it's like possible. a false memory or whatever. Yeah. And then here comes the sign out. You like, I mean, you can't avoid that. Like, every, everyone knows that song. So those were like the only three that I really knew. But I, I really liked the whole album. Um, Maxwell's Silver Hammer was was pretty interesting because the the whole time I was like, oh, he just hit him with a hammer. Like they're okay. And and then like the next verse came around and it's just like made sure that she was dead. The right? Maxwell Silver, yeah, made sure that he was dead. And I was just like, oh no, no, Maxwell's Silver Hammer was in fact killing people. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's that. Um, so, but I I'd still say Maxwell Silver Hammer was one of my favorites. Come together is good. I still have the bass lines stuck in my head. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> um, one of my favorite comedians, Gus Johnson. He did a like a sketch sort of deal. Um, and it's it's like a typical Beatles recording session. It's like him and, and like three of his friends dressed up like caricatures of the Beatles holding random instruments and stuff. And it's like, they, they just ended a song and one of them asked Gus, he's like, what was that song called? And he's just like, that was called the most beautiful song ever written. And they're like, oh yeah, all right. And they're like, what's the next song we're doing? And Gus is just like, this one's called the weirdest song ever written. And I did, did not understand the joke that well until I listened to this, because I feel like it, it really alternates between really awesome, pretty songs and just some of the weirdest shit I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> but uh, I'd say overall I liked it. Um, like Leanne said, Her Majesty, it, it sounds like a song that they just didn't bother to finish. So, like... Yeah, I can see that. I, like... Could you have just ended the album with the song called "The End"? Like, even if you, even if they just switched those two tracks, it, it would be better so that it ends with "The End" instead of a 26-second-long soundbite of something that they just never got around to. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To, to quote Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. So. <laughs> I think he said that in there somewhere. That's a yeah. lot about um, that. So at the Vietnam protest. Yeah, that's right. For sure. Um. So so Abby Rose. <laughs> let's see. Um. I got. All right. So this album is technically not the last Beatles album, but it probably should be considered that way. Um. Let it be came out after Abbey Road, but was recorded prior to it. Um. So. Depend on who you ask, it, this is or is not the last Beatles album. Anyway, it was recorded last. Um, so let's see. Come Together and Something are Beatles classics that everybody knows and loves. They kind of stand for themselves at this point. Um, Maxwell's Silver Hammer is fun uh, in, in a very dark sort of fun. Um, it feels to me like one of the many instances on this album of Paul McCartney being a lovable idiot. Um, the rest of the band, legend has it, did and still do despise Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Um, <laughs> Why? Because apparently it was like Paul's baby and he was kind of anal about it and really wanted to get it right. And it's this like stupid song about someone murdering people with a silver hammer um yeah it's very important 
Oh Darling was a lot of fun. Um, almost had a little bit of a soul infusion to it. And then Octopus's Garden, you guys keep... Everybody, it seems like, has some kind of tie to Octopus's Garden and, like, children and childhood. Um, so... Yeah. Ringo yeah. Starr obviously wrote and sings lead on Octopus's Garden. Um, years later, he wrote a children's book called Octopus's Garden, inspired by the song. Um, so, yeah, that exists. Um, and then, I want you. I really dug. Um, it was see the thing about this album to me is that most of it you can kind of pick out which Beatle was the mastermind behind the song, Here Comes the Sun is George's, Octopus's Garden is Ringo's, Maxwell's Silver Hammer is Paul's, I Want You is John Lennon's, and it's darker and nastier than most Beatles songs are. Um, so, what? I said so is John Lennon, darker and nastier than the other Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. I think his his artistic proclivities certainly were, so I really enjoyed it. Um, what did you guys think of the way it ends? I want you. It just ends abruptly with no, like, they just cut the tape a few seconds early. Um, very strange, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird. It, oh. it kind of woke me up because I, I was just listening to it, and and I was and it was like just droning on and on, and then they just cut it, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Yeah. Um. So of course, again, I I have the record, and um, that is the last song on side one. So straight cut inside one of the album. Um. And then we had "Here Comes the Sun." Again, kind of speaks for itself. Not much I can say about that. I did not really like because. Um, yeah, the harmonies were good, but I just didn't care that much. It wasn't, no. it didn't do anything for me. And then the whole rest of the album is what people call the Abbey Road medley. Um, so it's all kind of one like 16 or 17 minute continuous thing. But if you break it up, most people break, you never give me your money off into kind of its own song. Cause it's like four minutes long. And so that song was fine, um, pleasant, kind of set the motif that comes back on Golden Slumbers. And then Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window are kind of a unit. Um, mm -hmm. And those songs yeah, were... So, Go ahead. So, yeah, before, just let me interrupt you here for a minute. Uh I, I looked up the name while you were talking about polythene Pam because I was like, "What, what, what is polythene? Is it some something that some like polymer that I don't know about?" Apparently, it's the British word for polyethylene. And according to Wikipedia, the the name came from some uh, apparently someone prominent in their fan club in the early days who would eat polyethylene and. I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I just wanted to share it. As someone who works with polyethylene pretty often, because I, I make stuff out of it for rocketry, uh, I can't say I'd recommend eating it. Yeah. No. I. That, that, uh, I that's all. I will. I will uh, back that up for sure. Don't eat polythene. Um, so, yeah, I just don't, do not endorse that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so those four songs kind of all hang out together, kind of the same sort of thing, all pleasant. Um, and then Golden Slumbers carry that weight in the end are kind of a single unit also. Um, Golden Slumbers, it starts out pretty, and then we pick up as we get into Carry That Weight. Um, both those songs I like, but they're not like incredible to me exactly. And then we get to the end, which is... Uh, fun for a couple of reasons um it's to me it's you finally get some just good old-fashioned rock and roll out of these guys here at the end of the album uh we have a Ringo Starr drum solo um how many times have you seen that I mean you you finally kind of get to see him uh show off some of his talent as a drummer and then the drum solo gives way to a three-way guitar duel with McCartney, Lennon, and Harrison uh, that takes up the rest of the song. And that's just a ton of fun. I mean, they're jumping in and out with each other and weaving stuff together, and it's, it's very, very cool. Um, and then the little couplet at the end of the song, the end in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take what i forget what it is but it's it's the kind of famous beatles thing and it ends so pretty and ethereally and we're at the end of this long musical journey that is the beatles and you sit there and you breathe it in for a few seconds and you realize the gravity of what you've just experienced and then there's Her Majesty. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this shit? Um, it almost feels to me like Paul McCartney reminding us that as seriously as we might ever take him... We're still dumb! He will never take himself as seriously as the rest of the world takes him. Which, in a way, is like, fine, cool, man. I dig it. Um, also, like the uh the vinyl uh sleeve here does not list her majesty it was not listed on the original pressings either it's it's a hidden track um so yeah most people just kind of would assume not knowing there was more music would think okay you hear the end of the end and it drifts away and it's beautiful that's but wow that's incredible what the surprise hell? yeah there's there's this other thing so um so that was that was interesting um altogether i really really dug this album though i mean it's it's quintessential beatles if you're not into the beatles you got a hole in your soul and evan uh, i hope your father hears that um and uh yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know yeah no i think is uh i think it's a great album it's I think it's number one overall seed for a reason because it's ubiquitous and because it's beloved. So, um, we can go ahead and defend our votes, uh, beginning with Emma. Um, Abbey Road, no contest whatsoever. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Leanne, go ahead. Um, I have to go with Abbey Road. It, I enjoyed it more personally, and it has more of a cultural impact than Jimmy's. Oh, 100% it does, yeah. Massive, massive cultural impact. I mean, the, the cover artwork alone is is just one of the most ubiquitous images in music. Um, Evan, your vote. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Abbey Road. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, like, sorry, Dad. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've corrupted him, Mike. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. I was say, this is the second time I've said that, but I'm I'm sure I'll make him proud once we get to Skinnerd. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Skinnerd's got uh, up against the Doors later on. Doesn't he hate hate the Doors also? I don't think he's a big fan of the Doors. No. <laughs> All right. Well, he'll enjoy that then, um, unless the Doors win, which is entirely possible. Yeah. I mean. My vote is is obviously for Abbey Road. Um, I I figured that it would almost certainly sweep Hendrix here. Um, Electric Ladyland is good. I did enjoy hearing it, but it, man, it can't hold a candle to Abbey Road. I, it really just it can't hold a candle. So there you have it, four zero sweep for Abbey Road, as I I kind of figured. Um, so that ends the first round of the Liverpool uh, region. To recap. We had uh, Slippery When Wet uh, by Bon Jovi defeated Van Halen 3-1. Next day, we had Sticky Fingers from the Rolling Stones defeating Rubber Soul by the Beatles 3-1. We had Michael Jackson's Bad going over Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited 4-0. We had Let It Bleed from the Stones topping Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA 4-2. We had... Black Sabbath's Paranoid and Billy Joel's The Stranger coming to a 2-2 tie on the show, settling it with an overtime vote, leaving the final vote 4-3. We had Aretha Franklin's Lady Soul going over Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever 2-1. Yesterday, the Eagles Hotel California swept Petty's Damn the Torpedoes album 5-0, and Abbey Road sweeps Electric Ladyland 4-0, that is the first round of the Liverpool region. So after we complete the first round of all the other regions, we'll return to these albums for the second round. So that'll be in May by the time we get all the way back around to these albums. But just a heads up of what's coming in May, because I bet you anything, we're still in this mess by then. Coming in May, we're going to have Sticky Fingers against Slippery When Wet, Bad against Let It Bleed, Lady Soul against Paranoid, that's going to be weird, and Abbey Road against Hotel California in the second round. Um, quite a time to be sure. Uh, so we're moving on to the London region next, uh, beginning tomorrow with what I think has to be the most depressing and oddly appropriate uh, of matches anywhere on this bracket. We have the 1975 classic album Wish You Were Here from Pink Floyd, uh, which chronicles the uh, the loneliness and uh, despair that the band felt after having to remove Sid Barrett, their original guitarist, due to a myriad issues that he had. Um, so, Wish You Were Here, the ultimate tale of loneliness, meets the ultimate tale of uh, impending death, frankly. Uh, David Bowie's Black Star from 2016, the final album, of his career released two days before his passing. Um, so those albums will meet tomorrow. Um, I think it's oddly appropriate that as we are all uh, battling through this social distancing coronavirus ordeal, you're going to listen to an album about loneliness and an album about death. Um, fabulous. Um, so I want to thank my panel. Let's do it. Um, yeah, all right. Hey, man. Um, I want to thank my panel today. Um, and uh, that more or less does it for us here on the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. We will see you tomorrow for Pink Floyd and David Bowie. Until then, rock on, my friends.